I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. This week we're continuing on our journey and heading all the way to the year 5 billion to witness the end of the world. Hello Lawrence, welcome. Hello Nathan, welcome back to the the second foray into time and space. Don't you welcome me back, this is my show, I welcome you. I'm welcoming everyone else in. Okay. Taking everyone under our wings. Well, you did say hello, Nathan. Welcome. So that's true. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I missed the comma. That's all. That's all there. So yes. So second episode of Doctor Who ever. Forget all the others. We're jumping yep. into the end of the world. Uh, picking up straight where we left off from last week. We are indeed. Yeah. No. It, I, the next time, or like the previously, went straight into the episode as well, which is something I forgot they did. Um, way back when in 2001, uh, 2005. Have you seen this in a while? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when, when was the last time you watched this? <laughs> like less than a year ago. <laughs> yeah, same same for me. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I started like a full Doctor Who rewatch like in like summer of last year. I got very far into it and I'm, I probably still will carry on with it. But then we're like, we'll do this. I'm like, oh, maybe I should stop. So... I, I did the exact same thing. I got a bit into it, and then I, we were like, "Hang on, <laughs> this is the wrong time to do this when we're planning on this project." Yeah. Um, no, the, the reason I ask is because I watched it today. I don't think I've properly like taken in what this episode does or is about since I like um, I don't know, maybe years ago. Like you, you rewatch it, you think you know a season back to front. Like yeah. I know all of this era of Doctor Who. Yeah. But it wasn't until today that I sat down and watched it, and I was like this does a lot of shit that I kind of forgot about and it has some great moments in it that I overlooked because, you know, I, I was how old in 2005? I was 
I was a young little boy. A you say in this episode is deep and more than meets the eye and woke. <laughs> no, I, right, no, no, stop doing that because I didn't say woke. I did, I didn't say deep, but I would say, I would say it's more than meets the eye. I think it's. It's some nice messages dressed up in a silly little package. Interesting. Uh, it's it, it's well, yes. That's I think that's essentially what Doctor Who is. I think you just yeah. summarise the entire show. <laughs> just some nice messages dressed up in a silly little package is a very good tagline for this silly little show that we love. When you say nice messages or anything like that, do you want to expand upon that? Yeah, I think we we can we can get through it as we go. I think let's let's do this the same way we did last week, where we'll just. Let's start with a plot, right? So, right. what is it? You know, <laughs> so, so the Doctor uh, has has a human being uh, in in Rose in the TARDIS for the first time in ever. Prob, prob, no, no, definitely not ever. I don't, we're not forgetting about the original that much, um, but but for the first time in a while, and I think it's it's <laughs> well, definitely te- technically probably about a few weeks. Oh yeah, yeah, well technically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He and we don't know that yet. <laughs> he was with Clara like a week ago. <laughs> he was, yeah. He didn't. He, he doesn't remember it because of yeah time travel stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the time travel laws that vaguely apply when the writers need them to apply. Yeah. Um, but he's got Rose in the TARDIS, and it's. I think from the offset, it's it's very clear that the the Doctor has missed having a human being or like a. Uh, a, a, a member of a species that hasn't got expanded knowledge of like the universe and because he's just showing off all over the place he's like I'll take you a hundred years in the future and Rose is like that's not very impressive and he's like alright fuck you let's go and watch your sun burn you I mean fuck. well it's <laughs> I feel like it's the other way around he was like that's not that impressive let's go even further yeah but only when Rose Rose was teasing him a little bit not really and, like, I'll be honest if someone took me a hundred years forward in time I would be impressed yeah like, I, I would be like, that is very impressive. Thank you. I feel like Rose was as well. But he was the one to be like, tell you what, that's not that impressive. Let's go even further. Uh, So he's like, he was just showing off. Let's see what we can do. Let's really open this bitch up. Let's go for it. So he does go for it. And he takes her to the year 5.5 slash Apple slash 26, which is 5 billion years from now. Bit of a uh, glum location for a first date, I reckon. Let's um, yeah. imagine if you was going on a date and you were like, oh, uh, I know where we'll go. Let, let's go see your childhood home just get burned down. It's, it's especially odd considering that the Doctor uh, is a man that's currently in a large amount of pain from his own world burning <laughs> and being the last of his species. And he's like... Oh, maybe just it's malicious. Maybe it's like, tell you what, yeah. I burn my world. Let's go watch you... Let's, let's go make you watch your fucking world burn. Yeah, and make you helpless. There's nothing you can do but watch it through <laughs> his window. Um, yeah, no, an odd, uh, definitely an odd choice. Um, but, you know, there we are. I think it's, it's a good... Um, like, behind the scenes as well, it's a good opportunity. Because, one, you can't... You can't go further than the end of the earth, technically, in our terms. I mean, yeah, I know you can, but like 2005 BBC, this is pushing the limits of like time travel for them. They're like, this is the best thing we could do to show off that the Doctor is a time traveller. Um, but I, um, this is also the the uh, Russell's um, first kind of real opportunity to explore original... Not maybe monsters, but like original alien designs and new oh, concepts and but stuff. This was the the Star Wars cantina of <laughs> Doctor Who episodes. Like everywhere you look, there's a new 
little weird guy running around doing something fresh. There's a bad yeah. costume running about all over the place. Um, if you open up any pack of Doctor Who Battles and Time Trading cards, I'm sure you'll be bound to find at least one character from uh, this episode. And if only there was a way to test that theory, Lawrence. If only on my desk here I had a stack of about 20 packs unopened of, um, of Doctor Who Battles in Time trading cards. Um, let me just. Has, has, a, has a suspicious man in an alleyway approached you with these? Like, opened his trench coat and produced these cards from no, his pocket? No, I bought them off Amazon. <laughs> Go on then. Open me, up, uh, let's see. Let's test this theory and do a live unpackaging. I've got my fingers crossed for a mox of balcony. <laughs> well, come on, we can't all be that lucky, can we? That's um, true. I think that's a, I think that might have been a shiny one back in the day. Okay, so we have President Winters, the man himself. Yep. We'll see him soon. Since uh, Britain elected an ass. Great. Clive, here's one that's just missile. Um, missile. <laughs> just a missile. Um, refugee teleport. Wait, what? What missile is that from? Is that the one that I Mickey think launches from his bedroom or something? No, I think it's one of the Masters missiles from the uh, thingy. Uh, Martha Jones, Fobwatch, Toclothane, um, Mother Doom. Okay, so my theory was wrong, but I feel like Fobwatch is an oversimplification of what that device is. <laughs> unless it's yeah. the unless it's the the actual like the actual just random fob watch that like doesn't doesn't um the kid who's like 30 but actually no the kid who looks like he's 12 but is actually 30 doesn't he just have a fob watch with him or is that john smith's one he has the fob watch he has the, he has the fob watch. watch yeah yeah then, then that is a very simple way of saying a thing that rewrites your dna or whatever yeah but he also has it once the doctors so the, this is like three seasons away what are we doing We'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're telling so me look. that your pack of Battles in Time trading cards did not have the appearance of the appearance of the repeated meme. It's just the appearance of the repeated meme. Um, yeah, oh, I, know, I, see what, I see what you Yeah, did, uh, you got I it. See. It didn't, but I'm going to open a second one because okay. I've got enough to spare and I'm pretty you're... sure I can find one. Uh, oh, no. Um, you're doubling down on this theory. You're either going to be super correct or very wrong. It's true. It's true. And I, I'm, I refuse to be made to look like a fool on my own podcast. I've been made to look like a fool. I did, however, pull a shiny weeping angel. So nice. That's pretty cool. Um, Hands covered or scary face? Uh, reaching out. Scary oh fuck! Face. That is a scary face. Yeah, she's a big scary lady. Um, okay, look, so my theory was wrong, but there's a lot of weird and wonderful aliens and creatures and little fellows to sink your teeth into. What did yeah. you make of all that hoobah lava? Uh, I quite liked it. I think it's, um, it, 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 there was even like a montage to the point where like the lift doors kept opening. It was clearly Russell was like, I've whipped up a few things here for you guys. I've been cooking. Um, so I, I liked it. Um. I think the the ambassadors from the city state of Blinding Light just look a bit like Lord of the Rings orcs. Who is that um, again? They have they're like wearing kind of like orangey robes and they just kind of have faces that look like like look like they've been punched a lot. Oh okay. Kind of it, it you know like an orc's face. It's kind of like humanoidish but like disfigured. Yeah. Yeah, like that. 
But um, no, I liked them. I thought they were all interesting um, designs, very unique. I think the, the ones that obviously get the most play are the... Um, the trees. Yes, the forest of, of Cheem, I think forest that's right. Forest of Cheem, yes. Cheem, yeah. And the, I'll tell you who else is a fan of the forest of Cheem, or specifically one member, uh, is the Doctor, who is who is sharing intimate moments, such as giving her the oxygen of his lungs or something. Um, mm. The mocks of Balhoon, a lovely blue little guy who will spit in your face. Um, yep. Appearance of the repeated meme, the most sinister looking cunts ever, and obviously related to the villain in some way. Um, yep. The Lady Cassandra, Madam Hooch herself. You're familiar yep, with yep. her, aren't you, Lawrence? I am indeed. <laughs> go, to, go listen to our other podcast to get that reference. Um <laughs> It's a shameful time for me. Um, yeah, and you've you've got you've got the um, the people that work there as well. The um, the the, the, the steward. steward and the the plumber, most notably. Um, so yeah, there's a whole congregation of all these weird and wonderful creatures. It all gets a bit much for her. She's like, oh, there's too many foreigners here. I'm a bit racist, yes. so I gotta go and have a moment to myself. That that was something I I didn't. I mean, I guess that's the the deep element of the episode that I was talking about. I forgot how racist this was. I Not in a way I that was, like it's I was, racist. I was joking. I don't think it's actually racist. It's just there is some actual racism later, but I don't think what Rose was doing is anyway. It's just if you think about it, she's just gone from a regular. Sure, there was some moving plastic, but for the most part, a regular life on Earth. So now she's suddenly five billion years in the future. Her planet is burning, and there's all these weird guys spitting at her. It can be a bit <laughs> overwhelming. No, I I, I respect that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It does. Am I missing something? Was the was the BBC a bit more cheeky back in two thousand and five? Because it's it's making. Oh, here we go. You can make this today. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. I just like it's it's using the word like. It's saying prostitute. It's it's comparing Cassandra to Michael Jackson. It, it's 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 getting away with man. a bit more stuff. Or I I tell you what, more I said uh, maybe less BBC, more Doctor Who. I don't know. Maybe let's say it. <laughs> maybe it's gonna be the first word out of Judy Gatwa's mouth. Oh, <laughs> prostitute! Stares directly into the camera and just says prostitute. <laughs> then looks looks down the lens even further. And goes, that was for you, Lawrence. Fucking Matt Smith was shagging every two seconds. Was he shagging? He was shagging or he was shagging everyone through time and space. He was always naked and under a woman's dress and stuff. Uh, you, uh, yeah, to be fair, he did do that. And then he then he went for Christmas dinner mid shag as well because he was naked there as well or something. No, that's a different thing. He was naked because he was going to church, Lawrence. Come on. Oh sake. my my apologies. <laughs> as one should be at church, I guess. Yeah. Um anyway, but on the episode, um so they they bring in uh, something that kind of I don't know myths rubs, maybe rubs Rose the wrong way a little bit What's in this? Um, quote unquote the the last human Cassandra oh yeah um, who is who is wheeled in obviously a big stretch of uh, skin and some lipstick as Rose calls her um, a big trampoline looking bitch <laughs> yeah basically um, very fun a very silly. I, I, I like the concept of Cassandra. I think, I think I she's love, a silly thing. I love the concept of Cassandra. It's so stupid. It's so yeah. dumb. She's just skin, eyes, a mouth, and a brain in a jar underneath it all. Um, it's ridiculously dumb. It makes no sense whatsoever. Obviously, should should not be able to talk or even be conscious at all. But yeah. 
don't know. It's fun. It's fun in that way that only Doctor Who can be. It can be stupid. It can be dumb. But it can also be uh, weirdly entertaining. And yeah, is she the most threatening villain? No, obviously not. And spider alert, she's the villain. But like, yeah, bit of fun. But definitely a bit of fun. Could easily just punch straight for her yeah. face. I mean, um, you can just like knock that trampoline over, and your problems are solved. Like. There's I mean, you quite literally, the episode shows you take away two of her aids, and yeah. she's fucked. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess it's the accelerated heat that fucks her eventually, but but you could you could still, like you said, just tip her over. Yeah. Yeah. She can't do much, can she? Yeah, it's like the age old uh, thing that people had for the Daleks until they could start flying. Um, oh, they can't get upstairs. Yeah, just let's all go upstairs, and yeah. they can have the bottom layer of the Earth, and we'll be fine. <laughs> um. I like the. I, I did. Do you think that um, never before has like something set five billion years in the future felt so deeply rooted in early two thousands like British culture <laughs> than this? Uh, yeah, I have. But what do you mean by that? Show you. Well, like so. So I know Tainted Love is an eighties uh, tune, but then a bit yeah. later on we get um. Toxic. You know, but, but then also you get toxic, but also like Tainted Love, people are still playing that today. Like eighties. 80s music is has been upheld since the 80s and people still play it regularly. Um you've got the you've got like the mobile phone sequence yeah. of like the doctor putting what looks like a, a dog treat in the back of Rose's phone and is like now it rings anywhere. Is that like a dog treat? What the fuck are you feeding your dog? <laughs> no, it's like a little bone type shape, wasn't it? Not like a long one, but like it had a little weird indentation on it. It was like a big mechanical thing. <laughs> I need to stop feeding my dog phone batteries <laughs> by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, Call fucking RSPCA in a minute. No, please. Uh, no, but I, I, yeah, I just think it's 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 quaint think, and the budget shows, but I it's think, fun. Um, I think Doctor Who is always going to have the issue, and well, maybe it's not an issue, but no matter where the episode is set, there's always going to be an air of whenever it was made, the contemporary yeah. setting of when it was made. You, there's just something about the vibe of it that you just cannot escape. Like, I always remember, this is jumping ahead a bit, but the season four episode where uh, Doctor and Donna, they go to the Ood planet, um, mm. the planet of the Ood, um, and I always remember it's supposed to be like this futuristic planet, but I always just remember the set dressing. They've just gone to like the uh, the contemporary aisle in IKEA and just gotten some like see through chairs and plastic cups and all that sort of stuff. And it's just very much like they've tried, they've tried, but they you can yeah. you can easily recreate this at home and stuff. It's it's really not that impressive, but, it's but like still, the, the intent is there. Yeah. yeah, the effort is there. Yeah. No, I I think that works in this. I um, I quite enjoyed like all the, like the the, the silly little like the Earth keyboards, um, that just look very like chunky two thousand and five keyboard things. Do, um, one thing I I think that I really enjoy, and I think it goes a bit further than Rose does. Um, as in like the episode Rose. I'm gonna I'm gonna appreciate when we're further away from that episode, and I can just refer to Rose as the character. Um. One thing I think goes a bit further is the, the like the human nature of it. Like I think that in a setting like five billion years um, in the future, the end of the world, the Earth is exploding outside the window. Um, I think there's some really incredible moments in this where like the Doctor and Rose just have an argument, and 
Rose has like an introspective moment where she's like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing here. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and and then obviously the lovely moment where she rings her mum and Jackie's being Jackie. But until she has that, that slight great moment where she just goes like, is everything all right? And Rose is like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Is, um, no, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like it has a more of a, a nice human approach to it in terms of emotions? I, I do really enjoy the, the kind of argument that she has with the doctor when she, she does kind of have that wake up call essentially. Like she's sobered up for a moment and she's like, holy fuck. Like the adrenaline's worn off. And she's like, I was, I was on earth with my boyfriend who was kidnapped um and now i just left him in some london alleyway and went along with this complete fucking stranger and now i'm five billion years in the future and everyone i know is dead and my planet is burning and there's all these weird cunts out there and some of them are blue and some of them are skin on a trampoline and some of them just a big old face and like (laughs) It, it's it's crazy. It's what, what am I doing here? I I need to go. It's it's fucking insane. So I like that she does have. It's it's quite real that moment of sobriety there. It's mm. it's it's not necessarily something you would expect, or maybe not at the time anyway from this show. Um. So so I do like that. And then I yeah I do like that they have the moment of her a, a little bit of comfort really a little uh, just a nice little message from Jackie just being Jackie really just having a bit of fun yeah. with it. Um, so yeah, I do like that nice little bit of comfort. So it's, it's a good reminder um, of like it's not all gone. Like even though it's five billion years in the future and she's dead, she can still talk to her and and mm. she, maybe she can still see her again. So yeah, it's a it's, yeah. a, it's a nice little moment. Yeah, because I guess that's one question that Rose never really like asked. I guess like I've come here, can I ever go back? Like. It's it, those little moments where I guess she just does start to realise, holy fuck, what am I doing? Well, I think that's uh, why we have that moment at the end of the episode, which we'll yeah, uh, which we'll get to. Um, but but yeah, it is a it is a good all round moment. Um, one thing that I I like as well is the the doctor kind of goes on his own little arc in this um in this episode, um where he's completely unwilling to talk about where he's from, who his people were. So um, we we get the first seeds planted. Of, yeah. of what <clears throat> happened before um again um th- th- this is all new the time war stuff and everything this is all new this wasn't in doctor who previously so even people who had watched doctor who in the past they were like they're not aware of what happened to the doctor and his planet and stuff like that so this is all for us i didn't have a clue i was like oh, okay cool whatever but <laughs> yeah. for like people who watch the show they're like oh this must be interesting or whatever. Yeah. I would I would quite like to have seen it without lens, but yeah, those seeds are first being planted here. And I I think it's I think the episode does like it has a good framing uh, from that where like obviously because Rose gets uh, trapped, she gets trapped in that room, um, and and the Doctor is kind of kind of has the one off companion in Jade, the the tree that he he that wants to um, maybe give Jade. him a kiss. Is it Jabe? I believe it's Jabe. Oh, maybe. Um. It is Jabe, yeah. Jabe, okay. With We've a heard B, that. yeah. Um, but I, I quite like that it's it's almost further cemented why, like, the Doctor often travels with humans as opposed to, like I said earlier, people that know about his, his race's history. Because you see him confronted with that. Um, and she says, like, I'm so sorry. The scanner told me who your people were and what happened. And just the... 
even hearing someone give him compassion for it, bearing in mind he, to his knowledge, he thinks that he's the one that did everything wrong um, and killed everyone. It's just nice to have that moment of vulnerability. Um, and then he's finally ready to talk um, with Rose about it at the end, which I thought was just nice. And um, and they both are kind of, they both don't like, I suppose, being vulnerable because the doctor asks her if she thinks it's too dangerous to tra to continue traveling with him. And she's like, can you smell chips? Well, let's change the... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Topic real quick, because she just wants more out of life. I don't know, very, very, I think it's a great episode for the Doctor and Rose's relationship to expand it a bit further. I I really like the moment where Jabe is, is kind of pushing him a little bit and, and asking him mm. about who he is and where he's from and he's he's just not giving anything. He's just staring at the screen while he's trying to open the door or whatever and she's just still going on about, you know, she doesn't say it but Gallifrey and what happened and this sort of stuff um, and just you can see the look and the pain on his face. It's a great bit of acting from Chris, how he's able to do so much without saying a word, really. Yeah. It's, you can see all the emotions on his face, and he even sheds a, just a single tear as well at it, um, but but doesn't say anything. And it's it's just a really... You can really get a sense of that pain uh, that he's holding back there. And then he just moves on. Like, it's... Yeah, it, it just doesn't have time to think about it. It's not something he wants to dwell on. So he's just let's pretend it's not there. Let's not address it. Let's move on and stuff. When when she puts uh, her hand on him and then he kind of like it, it takes a minute, but he he returns it and has that moment. It's almost how quickly he moves mm. on from that. It's almost like he's he's let himself down, like mm. by acknowledging it and feeling about it. Because <clears throat> like the tear comes down and then he's like, yeah, let's let's crack on with what we're doing. Um, and I think there's there's more moments like that. The argument he has with Rose. Um, he doesn't give her any answers because she's like, who who are you? I don't know anything about you. And he's like, you wouldn't know my planet if if I even told you what it was or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, she, Rose, Rose has the kind of like, just to kind of bring it back to, you know, a bit more, uh, to, to, to cut the tension, Rose is like, you know, you don't, never argue with a designated driver, haha, <laughs> just tries <clears throat> to patch the situation. And the only time the doctor kind of returns to being normal with Rose is when she's like, oh, my phone's got no signal. And he's like, I can do something about that and just completely changes the subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, just just a very, very interesting. This is, I think watching this, I'm gaining a, a greater appreciation for the ninth doctor as well. Just um, a lot of stuff that I don't think you'd notice in, two, I mean, I definitely didn't notice it in 2005. I was just like funny aliens. Haha. I did. Um, I noticed all the complexities. 
Oh yeah. In your smoking jacket in front of the fireplace where you're like, This is fine art. This, this. is cinema, I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um not sure if you mention if you noticed, but first mention of Bad Wolf. I didn't where where was that? So the it's a it's a blink and you'll miss it thing, but the Mox of mm. Balhoon says to I believe to the face of Bo, um, this is the Bad Wolf scenario. Just kind of uh. like in the background. So there you go. Keep an eye on that. Okay, yeah, I wonder if that will come back to play a significant role. It will. Uh, it does. Oh, oh yeah, no, it does as well. I've very seen the so. show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, did you pick up on um, a story that the doctor uh, tells Jabe about her, his past travels, about somewhere specific he's been? Uh, maybe. What's this? I, I didn't realise this, and this is the only time I've ever noticed this. Um, the Doctor has been on both the Earth Titanic and the Space Titanic. Oh, right, um, okay, yes. It's yeah. it's those little moments from the Doctor that I really enjoy, where he's like, yeah, we ended up climbing onto an iceberg, weren't half cold. And then <laughs> that's just that, like, just a very fun... Like, imagine you're, you're a writer in 2005, what? and you get to just write these little anecdotes that are entirely truthful for your character to have done. The, the thing is, as well, why would he go on the Titanic? Yeah. He knows what's going to happen. He knows how it's going to end. So, like, what? the only thing I can think of if he, like, I don't know, lands on it and then doesn't realise what it is, but it wouldn't take him long to figure it out, surely. Or he he lands on it. This is kind of like the JFK situation again from last episode, isn't it? The Doctor goes somewhere knowing something horrific will take place, <laughs> yeah. but probably doesn't change anything because as we know it... Well, what the can time, he like, change? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, whether it's a fixed point or whatever the show likes to talk about, like, we know the Titanic happened because it, it's referenced in later episodes. So, yeah. like, he didn't yeah. save... I mean, maybe he saved someone. Who knows? And then um, again, and then and then that makes you think... And I, and I know it's just, like, a, a throwaway line or whatever. It's not meant to be taken. And and worrying about continuity in terms of Doctor Who is a fool's errand. Don't, don't even bother. Yeah, but, you just can't. But then it makes you wonder, the episode where David Tennant uh, does go on the Titanic, the space Titanic, yeah, at first he doesn't realise it's a space Titanic. He thinks it's just the yeah. regular Titanic. And he like puts on his suit and he's like, oh, I might as well just go about, have a bit of a party or whatever. So as far as he's aware, he's there twice, maybe. Yeah. So... <laughs> Who knows? Something, another thing I haven't really noticed, but obviously with added context um, from 2003's reveal, um, there's another 2003's big... 2003's reveal? Sorry, um, 2000, uh, season 3's reveal. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, something I'd also noticed um, with added context from season 3's reveal as well is that um, th there's another big creature, another concept, another big head in a jar... But... Don't don't make me talk about this reveal. Don't because I have nothing good to say about this reveal. You don't like it. I've, I've said it. We did the episodes on another Happy Pod, and I said it then. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. It's one of the things that I hate the most in all of Doctor Who, and I don't want to think about that head being who it is at this moment. I just I just want to let it be the head. Okay. Just... Okay. <laughs> I I yeah. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I think you. I, well, it's not that I like it. It's just one of them dumb Doctor Who things it's that so I think dumb. they just connected lines together and went haha. Um, but I think it, it does work in in does theory. It? Like no, I, in this episode specifically, because we'll, we'll get to. There's plenty more face of bow shit that we can talk about later on. 
Um, but I think in this episode, it's it's quite interesting because obviously um, um, Jack has spent a large amount of time on Earth, um, had a lot of friends from Earth, and I like that that this this whole event is said to have been sponsored by the face of Bo. Yeah. Um, so I like the fact that Jack found out that one of his favorite planets was dying, and he was like. I know I'm just a big head in a jar at this point. It's not one of his favorite planets. I'm going to go throw a planet. party. It's not one of his favorite planets. It's his planet as well. It's his home planet. Oh, is it? Is it his home? Yeah. Planet? Where's from he from? Earth. He's from Earth. No, but like, whereabouts from Earth? The 51st from? century. That's right. Yeah. The bow. The... the bow peninsula. The face of bow. They called me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, hell. it's a it's a bit of a ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I just like the fact that he like. You know, he's still kicking on, he's a big head, and he finds out that his home world is dying, and he's like, I'm going to throw a throw, throw a thing, throw a shindig I, for all my rich boys. I don't like it. I don't, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's not him. He's, it's just a big old head. All right? Look, Doctor Who canon is, is, is complicated <laughs> and confusing, but you cannot argue. It's an inarguable fact that that it's is Jack inarguable. Harkness. <laughs> it's not inarguable. They're, Why? They're can, because, all right, <laughs> because all he said was the face of Bo they called me. He never says, I'm going to be a big old face. And no one else ever says, uh, and face of Bo never says, I was once Jack Harkness or whatever. <laughs> it's, ne- it's never said. Could be purely coincidence yeah. that he is called the face of Bo. I, I know the show doesn't want you to think that. I know the show is like these are the same person, but I say nay. I throw my toys out of the pram. But he, know, and he I knows disagree. about the you're not alone thing. Who, who, he knows who about does? Yana. Yeah, Jack, but he could, he, could know, he could know a million other ways. He's a big old mystical face. Yeah, it's true. He's yeah. got a cat woman with him as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forgot about the cat woman. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. No, I I say nay. <laughs> you... And and I guess that's me being a bit of a spoil sport when it comes to Doctor Who, but <laughs> and I should be open minded about this weird little show, which which I do love so much, but that is just one of the things that I just I just do not like. And yeah. I and I say nay. That's that's fair enough. That's fine. I mean we've look. And this will come Whether up you every like it or time not. the face of Bo appears. So. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, he's in a few more. So we'll <laughs> we'll 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 circle back round to this. Um, we will indeed. Um, so Cassandra's a big racist. Yep, big racist. Yeah. A lot of gross language from Cassandra towards yeah, the end of this. Not great. Not great from Madapooch. Not good no. stuff. Um, um, so she was talking about the the human race kind of like um, mixing with other species and, yeah. and interspecies relationships and everything like that and mingling and she was like uh, abominations or whatever yeah. and they're not pure humans and they're not pure like me a big yeah. trampoline woman <laughs> yeah very yeah. pure even just the word pure is is very gross. it's gross it's yeah. so it's got so many connotations that are just uh, inherently disgusting. Um, so, so yeah, Cassandra, (laughs) remember that when we're, we're having fun with her in uh, season two or whatever, and she's been, and she's been Rose and the doctor, but then she's a big racist. Oh, and she, she comes back with, um, she comes back as David Tennant or something. She, she, she inhabits his body for a little while. That's right. Yeah. God, I've got to get to that. I wonder, I just, (laughs) another, another fun thing. I can't actually remember this, Mm. um, but obviously she does come back, so I can't remember how her face 
molds itself back together. I, I don't know. I, I can remember. There's, there's actually a, it's, it's explained in the show, and there's a very good joke about it as well. But I won't I spoil it. I'll save that. I'll save <laughs> that for uh, season two, episode one. Good so, stuff. So get ready. Um, yeah. One one thing that I I think works really well is this episode is less about like the premise of the episode. It's more about showing Rose how far it can be, how far time travel can be pushed. Um, yes. And how how dangerous scenarios can be when you travel with the Doctor, because um, obviously she's gone from um, something happening on Earth with monsters that look like things that are on Earth, so it's not too far of a leap for her to make, um, to a million aliens spitting at her, um, and then you know fucking watching her planet burn and coming to terms with the fact that everyone she's ever known is long dead, like long dead. Yeah. Um, and I I think. I think it really works on that level. Like, when you boil it down, the plot is stupid. The plot is fucking Cassandra wants to make a bit of money. Yeah. And it's dumb. It's dumb. Uh, no, well, yeah, it's it's not necessarily the plot is stupid. It's just not that great. It's nothing yeah. magical spectacle. It's, it's very run-of-the-mill standard villainous plot or whatever. Um, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the dressing around it is stupid and dumb and dumb yeah. in the way that only Doctor Who can be with uh, a lot of campy aliens and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. But around the dressing and around the run-of-the-mill plot, you have the what really works with Doctor Who and probably the reason why it has remained so popular is the heart of the characters behind it, the heart of the, yeah. the heart's... <laughs> uh, uh-huh. the, doctor, the heart of Rose and, and the relationships that are built throughout it all and that's that's what keeps you coming back that's why it's uh, stood the test of time I guess yeah and I think the episode knows that as well because it's it has mm. when the plot is a bit sillier or on the like the, the less important end um, the episode knows to dedicate more time to those conversations like there's yeah. loads of extended scenes in this where the doctor is just chatting about how he feels or Rose is talking about how she feels and whatever. Like it's the episode knows what it's doing. And I think it's, it does a very, very good job of pushing the limits of, 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 of the time travels type of stuff that had been seen in 2005 on the TV, but also keeping it focused in, you should really start to care about the bond that the doctor and Rose have. And I really do enjoy the way it, it it wraps up with like, you know, Rose um kind of surmising like she just witnessed the end of the world and how all that history, everything just gone and no one even really knows about it. And then he just mm. takes her back to two thousand and five and she's there and there's just people walking down presumably some London street. Um everywhere. What we actually know is a Cardiff street. It's almost certainly Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, this is just suddenly she's back and it's like she wasn't really gone at all and she can smell chips and that those home comforts are there and stuff. And then yeah. you get the moment with the doctor just opening up a bit and telling her about uh, what happened and stuff. Um all while Murray Gold is just killing it as well on the yeah. keys. Yeah. He 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 has a he has a kind of a prominent thing in this. You get I don't know what the actual theme is called, but when the when the the things slow down and the doctor has to step between them, um, and he takes a moment to come. Oh, first himself. of all, those fans weren't even moving that fast, man. The, the, the last one was. They're well fast. The last one, no, the last one was, but the first the first two you can miles 
Like, he had <laughs> massive gaps between those. Go on, you, you do it then. Yeah, I could. I could. <laughs> if you had a moment to compose yourself with Murray Gold's music, yeah. <laughs> for sure. No, yeah, he, um, he has a, a prominent uh, role in this. Like, he's... That's something as well from this era. That just the, the fucking... The music of, of this of this time point in Doctor Who is just so lovely. And because it's all new um, and you haven't heard these themes before, um, they're just fresh and exciting and they work really well in the episodes. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely stuff. Um, Lawrence, what we, what we like to do on this wonderful little podcast that we do is yep. we like to talk and celebrate some of the weird and wonderful little characters that we come across each week. As we yep. know, this show is full of such amazing, bizarre, and baffling characters um, that we're graced with every single week. So please tell me, who is your weirdo... I don't have a theme yet, but weirdo of the week, who is it? <laughs> Thanks for trying to see the theme <laughs> midway through. Um, so th- this is an episode that's... Th- it's a hard pick for Weirdo of the Week in this episode because... Is it? Most... you've got so many. Well, I think there are so many. But I also think they're... You know, like, a lot of these aliens are there to be background you got big characters. old heads? <laughs> yeah. He, you got a little my, blue guy? He's he's my pick. The um, I I love the, the mocks of Balhoon, and he was originally going to be my pick oh, until okay. I realised I think it's a bit gross of me to be like... He's a little weird blue guy, and I find it funny. He's a little um, weird blue guy, though. He was—he's my honourable mention because he—he's just naked in his chair, yeah, wheeling about and spitting on people. Teddy's hanging um, out. Yeah. Um. But my actual weirdo of the week is a slightly more tame choice. Um. I think it's weird to throw a party for your all of your all of your species and homeworld being dead. So it's Jack coming back as a big head. Uh, and the face of Bow is my weirdo of the week. Okay, well, I refuse to acknowledge. Um, <laughs> I, I understand, yeah. <laughs> no comment from Nathan. I refuse to acknowledge the legitimacy of your um, <laughs> of your. No, I will accept your weirdo of the week as as the face of Bow, but okay, nothing. But, no but the debunked it. claims I made about him no are claims. untrue. It shall be. It shall be taken into consideration. Uh, all right, yeah, I can, I can see, I can see where you're coming from with them, even though I disagree with the premise. But yes, okay, <laughs> yep, fair, okay. fair enough. Um, I was also considering the mocks of Balhoon as mm-hmm. my weirdo of the week, um, because he is a little weirdo. Um, but then I thought that's kind of the obvious choice. I want to go a little bit left of fi- uh, left field here, see what else we can find on this plethora that has been offered up to us. Um, yeah. So I was having to think, and I was thinking about what other weirdos there are, the reappearance of the repeated meme, perhaps. They are quite weird. They've got weird big chains, um, which is quite fun, I guess. Um, but then I thought about the staff at the uh, Platform 1, um, specifically the, um, the bl- what are clearly children, just painted blue, yeah. and then put in little hats, and and they're they're working there. So th- those the the collection of staff, the children's staff, are my weirdos of the week. Because, right, okay. Because <laughs> okay, it, it all it felt. I don't know. There was something about all of that was just felt a bit weird and wrong to me. Yeah. Because like I was like, as this was going, I was like, are they a slave race? 
Because, like, I don't know. There was just something about it. They have that weird language. It's all high-pitched and... Are you, are you referring to the... Is this all of the blue people or just the no, blue children? No, the children. Not not, okay. not Rafalo or whatever her name is. Not the stewards. Yeah. But the, specifically the, the shorter, what are clearly children. Because yeah. um, they, they feel like, shall we say, a lesser species than whatever homeworld they're from. Um, yeah. And I feel like they've been turned into some kind of slave race. So, Yeah, the stewards barking orders at them and stuff yeah. as well. They're always They're, standing on guard and just moving the TARDIS about. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it. So no, that's, those, that's fair. So the uh, the little blue child slaves are my weirdos of the week. And I'd, I'd like to say as well, just in terms of adding a, adding a, a caveat onto the weirdo of the week... Um, they can be weird because we think they're they're an odd choice of of inclusion. They, Na- look, Nathan is not saying that to be a marginalised species is to be a weirdo. Is 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 the is the catch twenty two I'm writing? In look, here. I, I see what you're doing, and thank you for trying to save me from being cancelled. You're welcome. <laughs> but also, look, we're on the second episode of this show. There's no rules of set in stone yet, mate. It's look, true. We can we can go everywhere. There's look, there's no rules. There's no we are. The um, still got legs victorious. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we uh, we Two hold the rules. We're so big for our boots already. <laughs> we we're the winners of uh, yeah. of the time war. Just it really comes. quickly, did you think there's an unusual shot where Rose is observing death uh, happening to the Earth, and it cuts to uh, a, a wide shot of the Doctor who's in the background, and he's kind of doing like a Bee Gees pose in the lift or like the threshold of the door right at the end after Cassandra blows up uh I no didn't know so if I'm being honest with you that's fair no. have a little look and and I, I you know I can't show you it's a podcast to all the listeners <laughs> but but have a little look at that last last five minutes of the episode or so all right great well well that's something to look forward to I guess <laughs> yeah. or, that's or an not. easter egg <laughs> yeah for you guys there um <laughs> Thank you uh, very much for checking out. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Nathan. Thank you very much for checking out the uh, this episode of uh, Still Got Legs. Uh, there are more to come. We hope you've listened to the first one and not just checked in here. But there are going to be more coming out um, from Monday. Uh, Mondays at 10 a.m. is when new episodes will go live. They'll be up weekly. Uh, and join us as we as we travel through time and space. And, and space. That's true. We'll do a bit of that as well. Uh, and to various IKEA uh, warehouses <laughs> for our sets along the way. Um, you can give us a little follow if you like. Uh, and we are we're we're just on Twitter these days, aren't we? We're just on Twitter for now. At Still Got Legs Pod. Maybe we'll branch out into Instagram, YouTube, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, probably not because we're kind of lazy. Yeah. Um, so so maybe we're not. But the most important thing for you to do, dear listener, is to pull out your phone. Go to whatever platform that you are listening to this on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're on all of them, I do believe. And you can give this a rating and a review. Five stars, if you would please. Otherwise, I will kill your family. (laughs) Don't you? Good. Joyful. Very nice. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week for The Unquiet Dead, I believe. Uh, Yeah, maybe.
good. I know. Oh shit, I pressed the button and it stopped it. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Not. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> See you next week. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.